0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guiche, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what He's done. Today's episode is with Gerard and Jesse Pepper, and it's so much fun. The Peppers are the hosts of the podcast Marriage is Funny, where they share authentic stories and advice about marriage. And today, they're doing just that. Listen in for our take on bad marriage advice, how the Enneagram affects marriage, and much more. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah,
1: really happy to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited. I was kind of geeking out a little bit before we started recording because it's going to be such a good and fun conversation. So... As always, out the gate, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us about your podcast, all the things you're doing.
2: The things, well, gosh, where to begin? I mean, our podcast is called Marriage is Funny, and uh, we're just otherwise two married humans (laughs) who happen to be really enthusiastic about... uh, trying to figure things out. And I think the easiest way to describe our show is that we started it because we were trying to figure out why our marriage was, um, oh, I almost said a bad word. Uh, let me, <laughs> let me reframe, uh, <laughs> why, why it felt like such a struggle. Why it was such a struggle fest? How about, yeah. how about that? There you and go. so we are like, maybe we can figure this out by talking it through. And really that's kind of what it, it's continued to be. And five years later, we just all, all, uh, episode long, try to figure out things together, whether it's something that's challenging us or something we are excited about or, um, anything we're experiencing in life together. And, um, it's just turned into a really fun, special, uh, and also occasionally hilarious part of our lives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Jesse gave you like the very PG answer. That Uh was very PG.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm going to give you like the real truth of this. Okay. We had no business starting a podcast about marriage when we did. Yeah. And to be honest, we still don't have any business having a marriage podcast. Right.
2: Cause people are like, oh, you have a marriage about, or I mean, uh, I almost said a marriage about podcast. A marriage about podcast. Nope, I mean, maybe nope. a little bit. <laughs> no, at this point, perhaps. No. People say, oh, you have a podcast about marriage? Like, are you guys counselors or are you, are you...
0: coaching? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's
2: your, what are your credentials? And I'm like, Oh, sister, brother, whoever you are, there's no credential to be found (laughs) over here. I mean, we literally are just, like I said, trying to figure it out. And that's, yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, when when we started our podcast, we were not just trying to figure it out, but like we were in a really bad spot in our marriage. And so we were just like literally grasping at straws and Mm -hmm. and saying, how are we going to get out of this? Or are we going to split up? Like, yeah.
2: when you say get out of it you mean like get out of the good like get back to the good, like the get good. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's a little confusing well, or yeah, get out no metaphor, or so get it. out yeah. yeah yeah i love that. that's like how y'all went to battle for your marriage was to start a podcast i love it but I we don't recommend it, it per se, um,
2: depending, but I, this is honestly, this is where kind of the rubber met the road for us was that we realized what we were actually doing is we'd created accountability for ourselves in committing to those moments of talking things out. And so that was something that in the past, um, and I mean, this is maybe going a little bit further into it than you planned, but you can stop me if you want. I think one thing that we've learned since then is growing up, we both Um, we've really precious, wonderful parents and, um, we feel very lucky that our families are still intact and that we had, you know, good childhoods and everything. But I think something that no fault of their own did us a little bit of a disservice was that our parents really, neither set of parents really ever fought in front of us or had even like any conflict almost at all. Mm -hmm. And so when we got married at a very young age and then stuff would pop up as it's, want to do in any relationship. It was like panic button, hit the eject. I, I don't know what to do. Like, is this over? Are we, did we make a huge mistake? Because, oh my gosh, all of a sudden we're fighting and no one had ever explained to us that that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's another, you can get through that, but we didn't know how.
0: Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. Cause I, I grew up where my parents didn't fight in front of us and they're wonderful, married 35 <laughs> years, but Thank, my yeah. husband grew up in a home where they did fight in front of it and he in turn still hits the panic button see right? when people when when we would fight because the his parents split up
2: uh-huh. sure, sure so and what I you're mean, just what you're describing is very similar to my parents exactly mm-hmm. and it's how like it almost doesn't matter what you experienced uh it's more how you experience it mm-hmm. and then like whatever that ends up being, most of us end up bringing that into our relationship in either case. Like right. you could go, yeah. it direction. could go either way.
1: Yeah. You need the tools, right? And I felt like we were very unprepared in terms of the tools when we got married to deal with conflict in a way that was going to be Well, we avoided productive. It. Yeah, we were yeah. avoiding it. So we needed something to help, you know, give us the confidence that we can work through it and the tools and how to be productive in conflict because we just were completely unprepared for, for, for any of it.
2: Right. The other thing I think that we had no idea was so important to us until it sort of was all of a sudden gone. And we can go into that a little bit more, but, um, basically community and feeling Mm. like you have that support, from the people that you do life with, whether it's Mm. your extended family or immediate family, whether it's your dear friends, a church community, a small group, your coworkers, like it's going to look different for everybody. But we had that. We had a beautiful community of married couples that we love so deeply that it was like almost like having extended like siblings, you know, and we that was when we lived uh, in the Midwest. We were there for Gerard's grad school program and just developed these rich friendships. And then we moved to New York City And so all of a sudden, and obviously, you know, you move, you're starting from scratch in most cases, unless you already know people there. So we should have at least seen it coming. But we were also still young, didn't really understand that how important that had that had been for us. And so once we didn't have it, we were like, oh, this is like living in a vacuum, of Mm. course, oddly relevant now. But (laughs) anyway, Yeah. (laughs) so it's like, wow, we really need this support from Mm -hmm. our friends, not because we're, we're like relying on them for everything, but no, but it is important and it reflects it helps reflect yeah. things back at you. Yeah. um, And so that was like the second piece. It's like the talking things out was important and we didn't know until we started our show and then the community piece was important and that was one of the other things we've figured out as we've gone along as well.
0: I think what's interesting, I'm thinking back to talking about parents as mm-hmm. a parent myself. I'm like, how do I teach? So I have two girls. And I'm Mm. I'm thinking, how could my parents have set me up better for that or or whatever? And I think maybe this is I'm not gonna say this is the answer. I think part of (laughs) the answer could be that it's not necessarily that you have to like teach your kids how to fight, Uh but maybe educating them that they're gonna have to learn.
1: Sure. Yeah. Like
0: maybe it's when your kids are old enough that they're in serious relationships you you're hey you're gonna need tools and whether you want them Mm -mm. from me or you want from them from this book that I recommend or this conference that I recommend yeah once
2: they start to experience that in the little like mini young person version when they're not you know connect connected for life (laughs) hopefully it happens prior to that but it's like you could coach them effectively through that but I also think What's so, um, and you're such a good mama, so this isn't surprise me that you're even thinking through that, but I think a lot of people just, it doesn't occur to them that they need to teach their kids how to fight. Maybe, yeah. you know what I On, mean? Or like,
0: disagree.
2: Or, yeah, sure. dis- even disagree. How to, how to process conflict, let's right. say, to put it a little bit mu-
1: more mildly. Well, it takes, that takes two things, right? It takes you as an individual, as a parent, right? To, to be a calm, non-anxious mm. presence in those moments, mm. you know, when conflict does arise. Or a disagreement, even with your child, a disagreement arises. How are you interacting there? Are you calm, or are you escalating immediately? All those things are really important. But then I think the other piece, and this is funny because we're not parents, so um, you know, I feel like I'm somewhat speculating, but based on my <laughs> own experience, you know, I think what can really help here is is modeling what that resolution looks like. Mm-hmm. So we have some friends who, when the husband, I'll just say when he flies off the handle, mm. he makes it a point to bring his kids back when they because mm. if, if they saw that happen, he will bring him back and say, I'm apologizing to your mother for what I said. Yep. And I need to apologize to you for Apologizes how I treated your them mother too. as well.
0: Yeah, that is the. I have goosebumps (laughs) biggest parenting lesson I learned and tip that I give is start apologizing to your kids when they're really young Mm -hmm. because I have a friend who that is what he most remembers about his mom
2: is -hmm. that she would
0: apologize because it makes you human right and if you can't here's the thing if you can't apologize to a (laughs) five-year-old how can you apologize to an an adult
2: yeah it models humility for them in a way that i think is so important yeah i agree with you yeah
0: i mean i i mean we're you know we're doing the whole quarantine thing we're recording during covid and i mean i have on multiple times gotten really frustrated about things that my five-year-old Her name's Pacey. She knows I don't, I shouldn't be frustrated about. And she kind of looks at me like, (laughs) the hell? Like, what's wrong with you? And I have to, like, get down on her level and be like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that She's going to remember that, though. That's amazing. And she's going to remember that. But the thing Mm -hmm. is, is that I really think my ability to apologize to a five-year-old has helped my marriage.
2: Interesting.
0: Because I can apologize to a five-year-old. I can apologize to a grown man.
2: Yeah, one would. You know, one would posit. Yeah. So let me yeah. let me
1: connect connect something for that that I think I'm seeing in your experience to us here is when we started our podcast and started airing, well, we just our, our dirty our laundry, dirty laundry. To be honest. <laughs> so when we started putting that out there and show. We were showing everyone, hey, we don't have it all together. It then gave us the confidence mm-hmm. to say in our in our conflict on or off the mic to say, you know what? This isn't the end of the world. Uh, there are a lot of other people who are going through the exact same thing that we're going through. Because- I thought
2: you're going to say there, were a, there are a lot of other people who would marry me.
0: Like, I thought we were going to have like a other fish in the sea conversation. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> I thought you were
2: going. No but we were we were hearing from so
1: many people who would say mm. oh my gosh i thought i was the only one we
2: thought we were the only yeah. ones that fight 100%. about that dumb little
1: thing and and so that was giving us confidence to going oh this isn't that, that, that big a deal um right. but we can work through it this we're not alone in this right we don't have to feel alone in this and so i think when you're when you're showing your you're you're being vulnerable to mm. your five year old mm-hmm. it allows you then to be vulnerable to your partner and and when we show others that we're not perfect then it allows us to you know be more humble and vulnerable in our own relationship
0: hmm. yeah well so that kind of brings up something that i wanted to talk about which is is bad marriage advice hmm. so some of the A lot worst... of it out there oh there's so much of it there's so much of it <laughs> some of the worst that i've ever gotten is don't talk negatively about your husband
2: Oh, interesting. That's one we haven't really del- delved into. Yeah. Tell me more.
0: Well, it's very church culture. It's very yeah. Southern Bible Belt. We, mm-hmm. You don't talk negatively about your husband because you're not being respectful and people are going to like you can't don't take you? that back.
2: Don't you feel like part of that, too, though? Like, I do agree with you. It's under the guise of respect. But I, I do kind of feel like there's a small part of it that people are really glad that that rule exists because that then it's like
0: they don't have oh, to have hard you, conversations.
2: Or I was going to say, oh, phew, nobody will know all of our dirty laundry because yeah. I don't I shouldn't be talking bad yeah. about it. Right. But like, you know, ish might be hitting the fan behind closed doors, but you're not really saying much and so so do you abide by that or what like how do you so
0: here's the thing i feel like it's people are by and large i think (laughs) capable of living in two extremes but with this they either don't ever say anything negative about their husband or all they do is talk crap about their husband Mm -hmm. I see. Mm -hmm. Uh right so can we scoot to the middle and have a few trusted friends that we love that it is safe to go to and be like Mm -hmm. I I don't know what to do with him he's Mm. doing this or he's not thinking about that or we're getting in this argument and and allow them to speak truth Mm -hmm. and encourage you and call you out on your stuff that you're contributing (laughs) but not swing into like just like talking about him like he's yeah garbage
2: (laughs) I think one of the things you just touched on is so smart and it's really that like sometimes you know you need an outside perspective because you're too thick in the weeds and I think for us like I would so much rather come to find resolution even if it means like I my my best friend Sarah would be the only um, person that I probably would trust to not turn it into Mm -hmm. and that's not entirely true I don't mean that I don't trust other people but I know just right off without the bat, a right doubt, now, she, she wouldn't turn it into a bash fest. She would listen, and here's part of it too. That's imp-
0: that she, is so important.
2: Well, and she loves Gerard fiercely, yes. and so yeah. like I, I would never bash him to her. But what I would do is maybe say, like you said, "Gosh, we are like butting heads on this one thing. I can't figure it out. We're like we're stuck." And mm-hmm. what I know that she would then respond with is, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about it? And she's single. So she doesn't even like, it's not like asking a fellow married friend. And maybe that's part of it too, is she doesn't then feel like she has to empathize with, Oh my God, I know my husband's the worst too. Right. Or something. Right. (laughs) Because that sometimes happens. And then you do feel like it's hard not to let it spiral. But she and I both, I mean, we both are in kind of more of a coaching role anyways. And so we do sort of approach things as like, let's look at this critically. Am I missing something? Is is he does he have an outside circumstance that I forgot about? Like there's all these different components that could be at play. Um, and I do think that has actually helped maybe even without him knowing in certain cases. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of ways, for sure. But I
0: think it's it's it, I think it translates for men as well. Mm, oh, because yeah. they either don't talk about their wives or there are some people that I know that the way that if my husband ever talked about me the way that they do, we would have a real problem.
2: I know Gerard talks about me to his friends, but he won't admit it really very often. Like we've kind of talked about this. Do you do you still talk about me to your friends?
1: Not really. I actually feel like
2: they're like Jesse Who (laughs) (laughs) You're married? Dang. Had no idea. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We don't really, really have that many separate friends, but I mean like the, it's his closest friends. A lot of them are the husbands of our close, like family friends and stuff.
1: Here's, here's what I'm always conscious of. And and it's kind of the, it's the extreme thing, right? It's if, if I'm going to give some sort of frustrated comment about my wife, um, that sounds like she's like that all the time or. If she was standing there, she would go, that's not Hmm. true or that's not that's a bad representation. That's unfair. I would be mortified by by that type of story. And likewise, you know, or, or, you know, vice versa as well. So I always feel that if I'm going to talk about you, Jesse, to our friends, it better be a pretty sober, fair.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I, cause,
2: I, and plus, I appreciate that. Look,
1: I, uh, <laughs> I hate it when people are always, you know, like you said, ragging on their, their spouse, even if they're doing it for comedic effect, it's really just gets it's gross. It's almost
0: worse. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I so, think. so I really, I don't want to go that, that route ever.
2: That said, I think like, it's funny cause that's a little bit different. We do occasionally have people say like, you guys are, you know, um, very you're very open with the way you tease each other and so yeah, I think that's, that's
0: different
2: different yeah I we do definitely... think that's
0: different because uh-huh. you have so something that I talk about a lot like in my space is like relational equity yes right mm-hmm. and so you have the relational equity to pick on we each, each other.
2: other yeah that's true there's um been plenty of moments where he'll make a joke either in front of people like tease me in front of people or not and I'll and I'll call him on it. And it doesn't turn into like a problem. It's just, mm-hmm. if he goes there and I'll be like, Ooh, too, too, that, too, far. too tender. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll back it up a little bit. He'll just like, okay, sorry. And then, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I think there's definitely a fine line, but we make it work.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's another, like, what's some of bad your advice.
2: Favorite, bad advice? Our favorite
0: bad advice? So we,
2: gosh, I mean, I think one of the most common ones, um, uh, one of the ones, so we, we've we got, we've got this video series where we actually choose our three favorites and we pick them apart and we reframe them. And the one that stands out to me most from that, cause we actually did, we walked, uh, our great love groups are like community groups that are, uh, all listeners of our show. And we walked our great love groups through 10 of them mm-hmm. last year. And when we chose our favorite three and put those videos online and the one that always stands out to me most is, um, You can't teach an old dog new tricks because Uh, I think – yeah, because I think there's this understanding or whatever you want to call it that whoever you marry uh, is just
0: going to be that way
2: and you can't change them and you shouldn't change them Uh and – That whole thing. And Uh it's funny because it kind of depends on how you look at it and what it is you're trying to change, I think. But really, one of the things that we base a lot of our teachings around is this idea that because you're both continually growing as humans, regardless of whether you're married or not, the person you're married to is always going to continually be growing and changing. Mm. And so not that it's your job to teach your partner any new tricks, um, though He is a very quick learner. And so sometimes it's fun to teach him new tricks, (laughs) Uh, but no, but it's more about like, how are we changing and how can we be a part of each other's personal development or career growth or whatever it is like. And so it's less about like, I need to change him to fit my needs and more about how can we set each other up for positive growth period. And also if you feel like there is something about your person that you would love to change, Maybe that's a good time to start inspecting what's like what's triggering the problem in yourself. And hmm. oftentimes it is a personal thing. Yeah. I was about to say, why? Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. does it? Yeah. This... Like if it's, he won't pick up his socks and that's driving the, you know what, out of me, then. Like, what is it about, I mean, again, this goes back to a lot of the coaching that I do is, it's kind of like, well, let's inspect that. Like, why is, why do you think that's a trigger why is, for you? Yeah,
1: why is that an issue for you specifically?
2: And just to use that example, I mean, for me, I think one of the things, and Gerard luckily is a very neat person. So that's an example yeah. I use because it's no, not going to touch any buttons, but I, he knows this about me. I am very affected by my environment. And so when there's clutter, visual clutter, um, that's it's like a sticking point for me I think especially because I work from home my
0: Mm -hmm. my home
2: and my workspace is the same essentially so anyway so he's able to be really sensitive to that um but you get what I'm saying I think that's, that's something that I had to like figure out okay why does it bother me when there's like mail here and this here and things left around and instead of making him try to pick up more though it is really nice when you pick up uh I will say. Let's uh, go slide that in there. Po- positive affirmation. Positive affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um uh, I had to do some work of like well, first of all, why don't I just pick up the dang mail myself or just chillax and create my own little space. I mean, I have an office, so I mm-hmm. I just hang out in my office more if I feel like the rest of the house is cluttered and I can do whatever I want here.
0: Okay, I have some super exciting news. This is not your typical ad, so don't skip over it. Like, Don't be rude. Don't skip over it. This is really exciting. Uh, you have more than once heard from my best friend, Jeanette Tapley, on the podcast. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen her there all the time. We are so pumped to tell you something really exciting, and I have a special guest that's going to tell you about it. We're starting a podcast together! Yay! <laughs> Yay! The Room at the Table podcast is going to launch June 15th, and it is gonna be a space for us to remind you what community over competition really looks like, uh, that we are gonna share tangible and personal stories from behind the scenes of running businesses and podcasts and ministries, and just of our friendship that technically should be a competition. Uh, So we're super excited. It's gonna be really good. You can go ahead and subscribe. Room at the Table podcast, and the first episode will drop on the fifteenth. Yeah, come on and hang out with us because there's always room at the table for you. I think that kind of goes along with my favorite marriage advice, which is believing the best about each other.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so positive. Yeah, you know, if
0: you, I believe the best about you. I believe the best about your intentions. I believe the best about who you are and the way that you speak to me, and that in turn makes me need to change you less.
2: Well, and and that's essentially what we do with each one of these bad snippets of advice is like we reframe it, like I mm-hmm. said. And so once we once we realize, oh, this actually isn't serving us very well. And in some cases, it's making the problem worse. Right. What can we implement instead mm-hmm. that feels better? And whether it's like its own little mantra or whether it's just realizing like it's OK if we go to bed angry, because for us, we fight better. Ooh. On a I was gonna say a full stomach. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Although that helps too. I mean that too. We fight, <laughs> we fight better on a well-rested brain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Um,
2: and so it means we go to bed angry happily because I would so much rather have a calm, compassionate, mm. Christ-like, well, moderately, hopefully at least, <laughs> Christ-like conversation about whatever it is we're fighting about in the yes. morning.
0: Yeah. And I'm not
2: like Freaking out, and he's not falling asleep while we're in the middle of a sentence.
0: Right. Well, and it's so funny that you say that we just literally just had that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell this story, and then if I have to cut it, I will. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but got in an <laughs> argument. Yeah. I'm like pissed. Yeah. Trying, I'm just like, let me go to bed. Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't want to go to bed angry. We got to talk about this. Well, then that went just as well as you think it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he believed you can't go to bed angry. I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm exactly what you said. I would have rather go to bed angry and hash it out in the morning.
2: Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that, I think. And that was, so that's another one of ours because we, we've just, I don't know that we actually did a video around that, but that's definitely a yeah. particular piece of advice that I feel like a lot of people, and they, we've even been interviewed by, by podcasters where they're like, we won't, uh, we won't give on that one. And again, that's the part about this whole thing called marriage that we really do. This is like one of those underlying pieces that in terms of advice really doesn't change. And that is you have to together build the kind of rules that work best for you. And it actually, I was going to say something about this earlier when we were talking about the kiddos and like teaching them how to have healthy, healthy conflict is it's going to depend on so many different variables from everything from personality type to you name it. And so that same goes for marriage. Like our personality types play so much into the way we engage with each other and our, our chapter of our life plays into it. Our location, we've lived in a bunch of different cities that plays into it. I mean, again, a million variables, right? And so, you know, we call it our trellis. It's like this family rule basically that allows our, each one of our plants as individuals to grow up this thing, oh. to be the healthiest, strongest version of each other so that we don't have to cling to each other for dear life. Mm. We can like let our energy be free to play and enjoy each other and, and um, serve others and, and serve our community without feeling like, Oh my gosh, this has to be so much effort. It's easier when you have these kind of rules in place, but it's going to look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the point. Mm
0: -hmm. Do are the, are y'all into the Enneagram?
2: I am. Okay. It's a little bit of a point of contention, but oh, no. we're willing to talk about it. No, no, we're not going to like. Well, we might. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, he's totally open to it. Like he has to listen to me talk about it a lot, and he's fine with that. He's just not as he hasn't consumed as much of the goods as I have. I get
1: it. I like it. Yeah. I think I know what I am. Jesse disagrees vehemently. <laughs> About Wait. So
0: I this am. is exactly where my husband and I were like a year ago, and Nobody. now he introduces people to the enneagram.
2: No. Way. Well, That's okay. Funny. Do, can you guys share? I'm sure everyone already knows your types, but what oh, are yeah. your guys? Oh yeah,
0: I am an eight wing seven. Oh girl. Are you an eight?
2: I'm a seven wing, a strong uh, eight wing. Huh? Seven, yeah, seven eight wing. Yeah, wing eight.
0: Are you a five, Gerard?
1: Yeah. You know, I I have some five tendencies. Um, I've kind of been bouncing around eight five and three for a while mm. uh there's there was a period of time where I, I was pretty confident i was an eight and i don't know if i'm you know eight and fives have related uh, you know they go to each other in different yeah. health and and stress yeah and then there are some things with a three and eight that that have some overlap mm-hmm. um so yeah it's kind of tough for me to t- tell to be honest yeah but i think there are times when, when i'm like when I read a five, I don't resonate with it, but sometimes I think, oh, that, that kind of so makes
0: sense. So, I'm a, like, I used to say I was an eight-wing eight. Like, I am the 80th <laughs> eight. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. But my five line is strong.
2: Wait, yeah. what, what's the connection? It's stress. We stress to a five. What's so interesting, because sevens go to five in health. Right. So, wow. Okay.
0: But fives go to eight in health. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, that may be why you're kind of floating along that line, Gerard. It's like, but, and then my, I'm married to a one with the strongest nine wing you have ever seen.
2: Wow. See, I thought he was a nine for a little while, but
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. Very yeah.
2: interesting. I, well, I love so, stuff like this. We,
0: yeah. And we talk about the Enneagram. All, I mean, I, I have like yeah. so many Enneagram episodes and we talk about it on my on my like Instagram all the time. But it's just, that has been one of the greatest tools of our marriage. Yeah. Mm. yeah, the Enneagram has truly. I can see that for sure. Learning. I mean, all, I mean, like, I love yeah. the personality
2: typing system. Yes. I think there's so much to be said for. And here here, this goes back to like our little plant metaphor again, is I, I think self awareness is what's mm-hmm. at the like, that's the crux of all of personality typing systems. And the greater self awareness that you can have about yourself, the the more well equipped you are to show up for the person. That yes. you're connected to most yes. deeply. And so it makes sense that it would be a great tool.
0: I agree. But the reason I think it is, is it is such a tool for empathy.
2: It, mm, oh, interesting. that's a good point.
0: If you're, if you, the greatest disservice people do to the Enneagram is only learn about their type. That's a
2: really, mm. really good point. Mm. Very well and so, put.
0: so if you actually want to learn about the Enneagram, you have yeah. to learn about the it it. In its entirety, because yes. now I mean, okay, eights and nines, each other's. Come, I have no nine. Like, give me conflict. Yeah, let's I don't go. have any nine in me. Either. Like, <laughs> I need a good debate. Like, and then my husband, peace and harmony are very important to him. And okay. Before I understood the enneagram, I did not. That would it would piss me off. Why yeah. are you not? stepping up why are you not rising up like why are you letting people walk all over you
2: interesting and so
0: that is a large part of why i talk about it so much is that i think it in part saved my marriage
2: Hmm. well and to to that point first of all amazing i love that example and that story but i also think like that's probably one of the reasons if i may that i i I try to I I try to dial it back in most cases, but I think one of the reasons why I let's just say daydream about him getting on board with as much of it as I have is because I can see how it would become a a, a, a opportunity for deeper connection, just in understanding yes. our motivations and the things that he freak would us understand out you
0: more, and then you could understand him well, more. Well, and
2: yeah, and I think uh, to finish, just like my my thought process cause I'm verbally processing right now to the maximum <laughs> is I'm realizing too specifically, I think what's been challenging is like I, t- I can, he knows probably more about sevenness than any of the other types because I'm like, Oh, you know, going on and on, which maybe is rude of me now that I think about it. But, but <laughs> what I, what I wish the most is that he would feel really confident or, um, like, connected to a type so that I could understand him better. And so when I bug him about figuring out his type, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, probably can just see how annoying that would feel. But at the same time, I only I I desire that because I want to know you more yeah. deeply. You know, yeah. he gets it. I mean, he's just not going to do it because <laughs> he's because he thinks he's an eight.
1: Well, I do understand a lot about Jesse because of what I've read and listened to from her about what a seven is. And it's actually helped a lot for for my own understanding because Jesse is, uh, just like seven on paper is is Jesse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like it's really unbelievable, um, and that's that's made a huge difference for me in just understanding how she works and thinks and processes and and gets just, excited about every single thing you could possibly get <laughs> excited about. Oh my gosh, this is such a good story. So anytime Jesse and I. You can cut this if you don't like this, Jesse.
2: Oh, you know it's going to be good if he starts it that way.
1: Anytime Jesse gets on a new idea or a new friend, a new resource, a new whatever, just watch the wheels spin and you've already gone two years in advance. And oh my gosh, they are best friends. She is an expert. She is just the... The archetype of whatever that thing is to its max. That's Jessie in two years. And she's already done it in 20 minutes from when it's st- when when the thing entered her brain and when we talk doesn't about it. It doesn't take
0: a
2: long time or a lot of energy. It is. Yeah. Okay, it is but incredible. here's the
0: thing. Is that like there are downfalls that I have a very, very strong oh, yeah. seven wing. I have had to learn some very painful lessons about friendship in the last few years mm-hmm. because – immediate yeah. best friendship is not how it's supposed to oh, work yeah
2: right um that's
0: i've had to learn some really hard lessons about starting things before it was time and yeah. before god gave me the go ahead but you come to me with an idea that you want to do yeah let's go
2: i got directly. you yeah. i'm
0: your biggest cheerleader that's why you make i have a good all... coach that's that's right that's what
2: that is yeah, yeah.
0: but also... that's so every single one of those things that's like could potentially make people crazy about you Uh or like be like laughable about you is a strength too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I tease Jesse about it, but at the same time, you're amazed by it. Your point. Yeah. I'm like, she has all these ideas. She can,
0: and she can can do them. (laughs)
1: Yes. And do them and like craft great, you know, surrounding support for whatever it is. It's really incredible to watch. And I'm just sitting there going like, I don't, I can't, I can't hang. I can't keep up with that.
0: So you know, whatever's going on,
1: I love that you're doing it and to I want play to play
0: mediator you.
2: here. <laughs> mm, please do. I know. I'm like, I'm hanging on your every word.
0: Well, like you are robbing her of that experience. When? By not embracing the Enneagram. Like you're robbing her of the ability to understand like your real strengths and, and your real motives. The
2: way you are understanding me more deeply through the Enneagram. Mm. She's saying I'm. I'm craving that same, like, it's like, you've got the key to me, but I don't have the key to you because mm. I don't know, mm. I don't know you on the same level that you know me in this category. Is right, that what so I, cool.
0: yeah. That, and that, me saying that to Jeremy is what got him on board. When I was like, like, cause he was, he knew so much about eight wing sevens and he could spot things and be like, oh, that was so eight of you. And I was like, but here's the thing. We don't know what type you are.
2: So, how did he figure out his type? Did he, uh, just he read, read The Road Back it? to You? Okay.
0: That's where I send everybody. Uh huh. You have to read See, The Road Back to You.
2: I will just say one disclaimer. I, first of all, I am the biggest. I know, I, to me, in my opinion, that book was written more from Ian's voice.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: And, and I, but, and I, I very neutral feel. I'm sure he's a wonderful person, but my. Uh, most of my, you know, material around this has come from Suzanne. Okay. Yeah. And I love her, but it's funny because, um, when I read the road back to you, I like wanted to throw the book out the window first of all, because they put sevens last, but also because, and I don't mean that in like sevens last, I meant like, it was just very difficult to, (laughs) I felt like the buildup. And when you do something like that, like I, every chapter I would think to myself, is this, is this me? Is this me? Is this me? Is this me? And I genuinely didn't know mm-hmm. before I picked up that book. And then when I got to seven, uh, I read a lot of it and it felt really general in a way that didn't actually fit me very well. Yeah. And, and then I think it's like the last paragraph of the seven chapter, which also happens to be like one of the last paragraphs of the whole dang book. It says, or it says something to the effect of, and I've learned more about this since then, cause that was years ago, but mm-hmm. it says something to the effect of, you know, sevens really don't like to be typed of, of mm-hmm. anything. And so of mm-hmm. course it makes sense, right? You're reading the whole thing going, this doesn't fit, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's funny because, um, I really, ch- that book really challenged me and I know they, they say that you really should learn about each type and figure out which one resonates with you most instead right. of any of us. But I think that's what makes it tricky is when you feel like maybe you fit a couple. I
1: don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, Oh, well I don't, I don't, resonate no, with seven in at seven. all but um here's <laughs> no the thing but is-
0: fives have a really hard time being typed really really, really hard
1: that could be yes yeah, because because i have read that book i have read a couple yeah. others oh yeah and you know listened to We both just read the path between podcast. us recently they're
2: very it's-
0: good i just got an advanced reader copy of um oh shoot sacred enneagram oh his next one what oh the really the enneagram of belonging. Oh, is that Ian Morgan No, it's uh, Christopher Hewarts. He oh, wrote Sacred Enneagram?
2: Yes. Okay. Got it. I haven't read it. It's a character. little,
0: Sacred Enneagram and Enneagram are a little more like, like woo woo like, like see, divine love So, yeah. I'm, so, so that'd probably there. be right up your alley. Yeah. Okay. As on. an I'm eight, sure. I'm like, like, I don't need all your feelings. Tell me the facts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: God, Pretty that's much. great.
0: Yeah, well, so yeah. now that I've, like, marriage coached you through the Enneagram. Um, <laughs> or, like, or, or, same time next week, man? Right.
2: That's yeah.
0: <laughs> um, So we are at the end of the interview, which is the, a massive <laughs> bummer because I don't want it to be over. But we're going to do rapid fire questions. Okay. Let's let's go. Okay, so it. we've we just spent the last fifteen minutes answering the first one, which is what is your Enneagram type. <laughs> okay. Uh what's your coffee order?
2: Oh, I'm a Americano. Um depending on time of day, I'll do America like so yeah, in the morning regular. In the afternoon I'll do tea- decaf, knowing full well that there's still caffeine in it, but it just <laughs> helps a little bit take the um sleep uh prevention edge off. But I do um, A little bit of monk fruit and a little mm. bit of coconut creamer because mm. I'm yeah, I've, I'm like really into nutrition and I am super careful and excited about putting healthy things into my body. And that's my combo that I like the best.
0: I like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mine at a coffee shop is really boring because I just do black usually. But
2: mm-hmm. if you're getting coffee.
1: Yeah. I say at home.
2: Wait, but at, no, you usually get a latte always.
1: Yeah. It's, really it's usually in the mornings it's just black coffee
2: that's it wait since what i mean granted it's been a couple of weeks since we've been to a right, right, shop, right exactly but, but that's weird because you always ask me for a latte when i run in yeah that's like afternoon
1: coffee but okay. you know it's, it's not it's not my go-to um i will say though my at home the way i make it every day is with a tablespoon of ghee butter mm. mixed in and that's blends it up. Great.
2: yeah
0: what is that? Bulletproof? Is that kind of. Yeah, that? he kind won't of. let me make it though.
2: Yeah. What do you mean I won't let you make it? Why offer every morning I'm like, "Do you want me to make your special coffee?" "No thanks, I'll do it."
0: I'll do it. I'll Have do y'all it. ever Do y'all watch Seinfeld at all? Uh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're like massive <laughs> Seinfeld fr- fans. Oh my nice. Like we watch it every night before we go to bed. Oh. So whenever oh. I, I run in to get Jeremy coffee, he's like, "Give me one of those, lat- those latte thing, the latte things." Like uh, Jackie does from when Kramer oh, gets burnt. Yeah. Yes. What you got? One of those cafe lattes.
2: Oh yeah. my gosh, so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could make so many additional oh. Seinfeld references right now, oh, but I'll refrain.
0: Seinfeld like raised me. oh, yeah. oh him too. <laughs> yeah. That's... Um. If you could have any superpower, what would it be?
2: Well, gosh. I already have a few superpowers. So if I had to have a new one,
0: um, (laughs) I
2: I would say probably, no, I seriously really do have like very heightened sense of smell and hearing to the point where it should be scientifically tested because I've baffled more people's minds than I care to admit. Um, but if I had to have a new one, I would probably choose, um, is this a superpower where you like can blink yourself somewhere?
1: like teleportation
2: like yeah teleportation okay. like where you just are like i'm gonna go to my that's parents mine house for dinner that's mine. Or, is it really i want to teleport okay then wow. i that's mine for sure i was gonna say invisible invisibility
0: invisibility come on Ooh. whatever <laughs> you wait are, words are get hard. off me um, <laughs>
1: maybe the secret power should be to pronounce words probably. correctly
2: <laughs> Um, I am actually kind of a word nerd, so I'm surprised I didn't get that one. Yeah, what's yours? I mean, it's got to be flying, right? Yeah, overrated.
0: That's, that's it is the very after the miracle on the Hudson,
2: I'm like, I don't want to get hit in the face <laughs> with a goose. I don't. I really don't. So I have oh. to
0: say, the best Gosh. answer I've ever gotten, which that's so I change the rapid fire questions every season, so it's still like relatively new. That's nice. But I had a woman say. I think I'd be Mary Poppins.
2: Oh, wow! A Dang, cars.
0: you don't beat that. I was, I was like, I uh, gonna say, here I can't you go. Like, tops that, that right now. No, wait.
2: I feel like that's so genius because you know that umbrella anything. is a teleporter anyway, right? She could plus she can fly. She Get can a bottomless, purse. bottomless purse.
0: With <laughs> a bottomless her yeah. par- Oh, oh. Yeah. you can jump into pictures.
2: Oh my gosh! It I was. Might have- feel that you,
0: i know i've wanted to like but it's on the air no. so i can't like uh, steal somebody dang. else's idea there's
2: a paper trail or a yeah. radio wave trail yeah. or something. i don't know <laughs>
0: yeah that was a pretty incredible answer awesome. y'all this was so fun i totally yeah. don't want it to be over but uh, say, we'll come back anytime you want yes tell people where they can find you follow you and listen to your podcast
2: yeah so our podcast is called marriage is funny
1: because it is
2: <laughs> and you can find us wherever you get your favorite shows and then our website is meetthepeppers.com and that's our our social media handle too, everywhere so come say hey online uh, I know you're gonna um love our <laughs> very non-expert slash super light-hearted approach to figuring it out as we go and uh If you want that video series we talked about too, we put together a special link and it's just
0: meetthepeppers.com slash CCC for obvious reasons. Confessions of a Crappy Christian. And we'll link that in your show notes so that people can just go to their app and click on it. Thank you so much. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.
1: This morning, Jen woke up, made 3 breakfasts, did 2 loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at huntington.com/moneyscout. Huntington. Welcome.
2: Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility terms and conditions and other account agreements. Member FDIC.